Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Hail Yes, a Detroit Free Press podcast about University of Michigan athletics. I'm Tony Garcia. I cover Michigan football and basketball for the free. Joined by my colleague and buddy, Reiner Sabin. He's our Big Ten insider. Uh, our producer and editor, Andrew Burkle, as always, is uh, is here with us on the ones and twos behind the scenes. He helps put the show together and will join us as he does on this show on the second of our two of the week for the final segment uh, for the picks. But Reiner, it is the time it is the week. It is here. We have done 11 weeks of shows, plus a little bit in the preseason, a couple of weeks, a, a breaking emergency podcast in the bye week. We've talked about anything and everything, football, not football, otherwise. But this is what we've always wanted to get to. Michigan, Ohio State, undefeated, with more storylines going into it than we ever could have imagined. I know you're not sleeping, Tony. Uh, I'm, I'm able to rest a little bit easier than you, but uh, no, it, sh- it should be uh, obviously a fascinating game. And uh, obviously this is the buildup uh, that we've expected since the beginning of the season that it was going to end up like this. And uh, sure enough, we're here. Yeah, no, no, I'm sleeping fine. Um, but but funny enough, I, I'm sure there are people who out there who are not, Reiner. And we were talking about it pre-show a little bit. Um, just... In your youth, like when those big, big games, I- I'm glad that we just have no dog in, I had in this fight and just get to watch and observe whatever happens between like a, a day that will be remembered forever because it's one of those, there, there are times where you just wish you could watch two teams just sort of go at it and not have that emotional investment until you win, then you're on the winning side and then it's the greatest day of your life. But obviously uh, it, it cuts it cuts very deep both ways. And so that's how we're going to get into this show. Uh, the three thoughts uh, in the A block about the big picture, the stakes. What does a win mean? Uh, and what does what does a loss mean? And what does it sort of delay? Uh, and then in the B block, actually a little bit into the game. Uh, some, some keys, the health of the offense, Ohio State's defense, uh, and, and a big time play. But Reiner, uh, the stakes, as we said before, could not be higher. Yeah, I mean, for Michigan, I mean, it, again, going back to the July, Blake Corum said it was win or bust this year. Uh, everything was geared towards winning a national championship. That was the team's focus. I mean, Jim Harbaugh talked uh, back at Big Ten Media Days, you know, told a national reporter that he expected or he could foresee 20 players off this team being drafted in next year's next year's draft. And so uh, he was anticipating having his best roster ever at Michigan and thought, you know, obviously with them having made the college football playoff, this was the team that was going to possibly get them over the hump and take that next step. And so uh, winning this game uh, at the end of the season became priority number one. Uh, You know, they've had the the beat Ohio drill, but they also obviously added a beat Georgia drill. Uh, That was the assumption was that they would beat Ohio so they could maybe eventually get to possibly beat Georgia. So, you know, this game was circled on the calendar. It's obviously been their focus. You know, it's always their focus, but uh, even more so this year, knowing what this team was possibly capable of. And so they've got to win the game. I mean, there's no questions asked. I mean, this is, this is, this is the priority. They, they've got to take care of it. If they don't, there's a good chance that they're not going to make the college football playoff and they'll, as Trevor Keegan said, Keegan said, the season won't matter. Yeah, and that's 
Those are strong words. And I wonder, you wonder how people will, will look back at it uh, with, with time to reflect, but you get the point of what he means, right? Like this is what this has all been building to. We've, everything else was kind of assumed was going to happen, right? You you can never say that and you can't take it for granted. It takes away nothing of the work that that, that has been put in. But if you... <laughs> Without a win in this game, there's no Big Ten East title. There's no Big Ten title. Like you said, there's likely – I don't see a scenario where – I mean, I mean, could it happen? Yes. But it's not a likely scenario like last year where Ohio State loses the game and is still able to backdoor its way in and get a second shot. Now, obviously, that did not work for the Buckeyes last year, but it, it, they got the, the opportunity. This year, I don't think that Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses, is going to get that shot. And that, Reiner, is why when we talk about the stakes and we talk about this game, I think this is the biggest game, arguably. I mean, I, I'm not a <laughs> – I know Michigan football. I've been I've been around it for 30 years, but I'm not a professional Michigan football historian for every single game. I think this is – it's ter- safe to say this is the biggest Michigan-Ohio State game of all time because, ne- uh, because next year, right – I mean, th- this is the final year with four teams going to the college football playoffs. One of these teams, it looks like, is going to deliver that metaphorical kill shot. And now in the future, that won't happen unless, say, maybe one of these teams is going in with two losses. With, with a 12-team playoff, say one of these teams is going in with two losses, then maybe a third, like you'd be on the outside looking in. But at that point, were you really thinking you were going to be a national champion anyway if you've already lost twice before you've played the other one of these two teams? And so just... These teams don't meet like, yes, a couple of years in a row, they both met 11 and 0 just because it's happened a couple of times. Like, and last year was maybe the biggest game since 06. Um, but uh, but I, I think you could make you could make the case that this game is every bit as big as 06 and even larger, Reiner, because think about what a law. I mean, what does a loss mean? And the what people will say about how it invalidates potentially right, wrong or indifferent those wins in the past, because we know the the narrative and the allegations that are swirling around this program. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and also you have to consider the new big 10 format. I mean, uh, uh, there's a good chance that if Michigan and Ohio state were in the same situation, they'd play again next week, uh, you know, in the big 10 title game. So it's, it, it does add uh, some significance to this game just because it'll be the last in this era of college football and this era of the big 10. So uh, I agree with you. And uh you know, as far as, uh, you know, uh, what it means for Ohio State, I mean, I, I think uh, in, in some ways, like for Ryan Day, I mean, he's got to take care of uh, this this game and, and win uh, just because he's, he's approaching John Cooper territory uh, as coach. And so, uh, and to right the ship, I mean, as, as it relates to Ohio State and the rivalry uh, that they had dominated for so long before 2021, when Michigan really upended the series and uh, has become the dominant team in the Big Ten. Of course, you know, I, I, like you alluded to, the allegations rolling around uh, for Michigan, you know, it becomes huge for them to, again, validate this run when they've gone 36-3 and three since 2021. Obviously, that's uh, run concurrently to what has been alleged as far as Connor Stallions' involvement and, and, uh, um, you know, running a, an advanced scouting scheme to, you know, steal the signs of, uh, the opponent. So, uh, people can read into it what they will and they have, 
they've used the last two games to try to, you know, find evidence that would either substantiate their claims about Connor Stallions or try to invalidate, you know, his effect on on potentially, you know, Michigan success. So yeah, this this game has a lot, you know, even beyond just the win loss and what it could mean as it relates to the college football playoff. It can mean everything as far as the recent past and also the future of Michigan football. And just even I, I mean, my next question was going to be, who needs it more? Jim Harbaugh, who will not be on the sideline, obviously, or Ryan Day. Um, it is a bit that part. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Michigan fans are obviously uh, very aggrieved or feel aggrieved about, about Jim Harbaugh not being there. Um, but I think we should all feel aggrieved that we are not going to get to see a Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day moment, because to say these two do not like one another is an understatement. Uh, I mean, I mean, if you go back to the days of no matter how hated this rivalry has been, uh, I mean, but like Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler, like Bo Schembechler gave a eulogy at Woody Hayes' funeral, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and Woody Hayes visited Bo Schembechler in the hospital when he had like a a, a condition of, of some mm-hmm. sort, right? They, like there there was a mutual underlying of respect. These two cannot even say the the, the other's name or a positive thing about the other person. Right. And so there's just, I mean, there's just that, I mean, how much each of these men want it for, for, for that reason as well. But, but if you just look going forward, my question to you, Reiner is who needs it more? Because I, I, I have a thought, uh, but I want to see what your thought is. I mean, it's, I would think possibly Ryan day needs it more. Uh, Cause I, you know, the question is, I don't know what Jim Harbaugh's status is going forward. I think it, presuming that Ryan Day has a lot more to possibly lose by losing this game because he he, he loses, you know, uh, a, a certain segment of the Ohio State fan base, I think, it, should he lose this game. Whereas like Jim Harbaugh, it, it, you know, he's not going to lose the, the fan base. But I mean, his status is up in the air as far as, uh, you know, the future at Michigan. It always is, you know, each offseason. Ryan Day wants to probably stay as Ohio State coach. So Losing to Michigan for the third straight year would be, you know, very, very detrimental uh, for his future at you know, in Columbus, I think. Right. No. And that's hard to disagree with. Uh, but here I go. <laughs> um, I, I just I, I, I see it the other way. Right. Because if Michigan wants Jim Harbaugh to return and obviously a lot, <laughs> a lot of people around the program does, I think a win is really, really critical to making that happen. Uh, now there will be a lot of people in Columbus who want Ryan Day gone. Should he lose? I just don't think that they'll get that. I, I, I think they'll. I mean, eleven and one, consistently top five. Uh, they're they're not going to fire him for that. Oh, John Cooper. I don't. I don't uh, and, especially with with with, yeah. with the playoff ex- with with the new form. Hold on, with the new mm-hmm. format next year and the playoff. Ex- of, of course, Ohio State has the highest of expectations. They never would have let a coach stick around as long as Jim Harbaugh did with, with that many years in a row. And you're right. And, and three might be where they draw the line. I just think with an expanded playoff next year, they know they're going to be, they know they're getting in. So it's geared in a different way. And so do you think Ryan, like for whatever reason, as, as awful as this would be, is, is Michigan maybe a bad matchup, but Ohio state is still doing everything you need to do to win on a national level. They are, they are. And so I'm saying with a new formula, like you can still get to that path. 
but uh, but a loss for Michigan. I don't know if Jim, there are already and I mean on the Jim Harbaugh side. There's a lot of reasons Jim Harbaugh might not want to return. Who knows if he's eligible to coach next year, right? And the, a loss would certainly take wind out of their sails for a minimum. So I think for Michigan's future, if you want Jim Harbaugh and all the everything going forward, you need 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 this win. I, I don't think. Argument. Yeah, I I don't think I think it's important for Michigan's future uh, because it delays possibly whatever's hanging over their head. I mean, we've got two NCAA investigations. 2024 looks very ominous uh, for Michigan for a lot of reasons. I mean, including the potential exodus of talent, uh, the harder schedule, just the new Big Ten format, uh, all the change that's possibly looming over this program, including possibly, you know, Jim Harbaugh's, you know, uncertain status. I mean, as you know, whether, it, you know, it's uh, mandated by, you know, the NCAA with the, with the sanction or he up and leaves. So there, there's a lot going on as far as, you know, Michigan is concerned and why a win at least would, you know, again, continue their championship dreams and keep 2023 uh, in good shape, uh, you know, and would actually lead for a, a nice clean break between 2023 and 2024. Here, it seems like if they lose, 2023 would just bleed into 2024, and this would be the beginning of some a period of potential volatility for this program. I, uh, As far as Harbaugh, I don't think it matters because, you know, again, Michigan, before in 2020, they, he was 0-5 against Ohio State. They were 2-4. and 4. Nothing happened to him. I mean, he right, got a right. cut, but again, they, they stuck by him, so... Uh, and he's come back and he's won twice since. Uh, I don't think a loss would really affect him one way or the other. I think the fan base and the administration has shown that they are, they're, they'll stick by him for practically everything. I mean, again, you know, he's overseen a program that's right now under investigation twice. Uh, and there's been a lot of, you know, bad stuff that has happened, especially in the last few months here. And, you know, uh, it, it seems like the, the support of him has been as strong as ever. So I don't think a win or a loss really does anything as it relates to Jim Harbaugh. But I do think a loss would be very, very damaging for Michigan as it relates to going into this, uh, a very uncertain 2024. Right. And, and so you answered the question better than me. My question was, who does it mean more for Ryan Day or Jim Harbaugh? I see, I see individually why for their future. I just meant Jim Harbaugh. I see how it, I just Jim Harbaugh and, and Michigan are just so overlapped, you know. Yeah. It, it feels like they are one in the same, and so I meant I mentioned it that. But I, but I think well, your point at the I, beginning is well taken, in that it does look looking forward. Oftentimes, like sometimes there are rare times where it feels like you might not need hindsight. It there it feels like there is a line of delineation of eras of Michigan football that will end after this year. Right. Like the like these guys who stayed and returned, that's the ones that turned Michigan around after this year. New Big Ten, new new group of leaders, new core. It is going to look different next year. And so you're right. This is there is a very clear time and severing point that 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 could happen. And which is why and and, and I think a loss kind of slices through that. But with a win you can continue the momentum, which is what you want, obviously, if you're Michigan. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, again, uh, for, for Michigan, uh, I, again, for many, many different reasons that, you know, they need to win this game. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's critically important, I think, to the program in the here and now and also into the future. So, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, what Keegan said is kind of correct. I mean, if they don't win, the, the season really doesn't matter. I mean, they've only got, you know, one signature victory thus far. I mean, even going back to last year when Ohio State lost, I mean, they did beat Notre Dame and they beat Penn State. I mean, they, they at least had two games and they were challenged in the non-conference season. You know, Michigan didn't have that last year, so they were at a very thin margin for error. This year, it's the same thing. They have a very thin margin for error. So, I mean, you know, you have to win a game like this uh, because you don't have that. You haven't been tested very much this year. And, um, and so it, it gives Michigan, it puts all the emphasis on the final game of the season for them. Yeah, their resume is not deep enough uh, prior to this, and uh, and they would still go to <laughs> what either the, the Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, yeah. Cotton Bowl, Peach Bowl, whatever. But yeah. that I mean, who would even play right when you got 20, 15, 20 guys who are looking sure. at the NFL um, and those sorts of things? And when they've said all year long, one track mind, right? We're we're playing for one thing. Uh, it w- it would be very tough to 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 come up short of that. So. Uh, on the other side of the break, that feels like a good place to cut it. We'll talk about some keys to the game and what they need to do uh, in order to, to keep the dream alive. That's next. This is Hail Yes. All right, Reiner. We talked about all the different ramifications about what a win or a loss would mean. Now let's do what our actual jobs are, the other part of our job, and uh, seeing how they could get to either of those outcomes. We've identified sort of a few keys to this game. Uh, And number one, Reiner, I think that we both independently thought is one that Michigan had not really been having to deal with or no no, no question marks. And uh, until this week, uh, which is not really when you want them, uh, sort of the health of this offense uh, and, and who's at who's at or near 100%. Yeah, I think it has a huge bearing on what the outcome of this game, and it could have a you know real effect there. I mean, how healthy is JJ McCarthy? He appeared a little hobbled, as you noted in the pregame. Uh, didn't look particularly sharp against Maryland. Uh, they didn't really run him very much, uh, and that's a huge factor considering the uh, some of the issues that uh, Michigan has experienced with the pass protection these last two games. Uh, they've looked very vulnerable in that sense, and so. Uh, the ability of you know McCarthy to extend plays, uh, maybe create some uh, extra running avenues with his legs, uh, ends up being a huge factor in this game potentially. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it's going to have a it's going to have a big effect. I think you know the, they they need to probably be in top condition against this kind of defensive front that Ohio State presents. Jim Knowles is you know obviously not afraid as he showed last year to to bring the house. I mean, I think he'll be a little bit more cautious this year, uh, certainly, but, uh, but I, I still think that they're going to try to come up with some uh, exotic blitz packages and different things to try to uh, expose Michigan's pass protection, uh, especially on the right side where, you know, Carson Barnhart has been beaten pretty badly these last few games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a good point. And uh, Ohio's, 
all of them, a number of them. Uh, but but I want to stick with JJ at first for a minute because you're talking about the key uh, being with his legs. Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I would not make any sort of assumption that that's something that he's just going to be able to do, right? Because right. in the last few weeks, he has not at all. Um, 14 carries for negative four yards. Now, of course, in college, that does include uh, sack yardage. Um, but just for perspective, his other worst three-game stretch this year was the first three games of the year that also came without Jim Harbaugh, uh, where he ran, where he had seven carries for 35 yards. Now, that was in the non-conference when they were protecting him, right? Well, so that's two things. One, it was weaker competition, so he was not taking those sack yards, so he was not going backwards as much. And two, they were not running him actively because they did not want to get him hurt because mm-hmm. look what happens, right? He, he, he goes down in the fourth quarter against Penn state uh, and he has not looked the same since now. Uh, I a- asked him on Monday specifically, <laughs> how is he doing? How is his ankle? Uh, and he said he was good. Uh, Sharon Moore doubled down, said as much after the game, said it on Monday. I was listening to an interview he did on the radio Tuesday uh, and said he's felt better the past two days than he has the past two weeks. So you got to hope that that's all true. But I mean, what else are they really going to say? And 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 here's the other thought, thought right? It's not just uh, J.J. McCarthy. Um, two tackles. Ladarius Henderson, now it sounds like he practiced Tuesday. They are expecting him back. But he got dinged up last week. Is he 100%? How healthy is he? Uh, and Miles Hinton uh, went down with a knee. There was no structural damage. Um, but I'm not sure if he is going to be able to go. And he is depth anyways. So like you said, it would be Barnhart on the right, Hinton on the left. And by the by... Uh, the the nation's leading receiver through two months, Roman Wilson, uh, left after he took a pretty big blow to the head uh, or to the upper body, looks above the shoulders uh, to me, uh, and and came back to the game in street clothes last week. And we've seen what the passing attack has looked like without uh, or the last few weeks with the hobbled JJ, with an offensive line with questions, and certainly when when Roman went down. Yeah, and the question is, I mean, are they going to have to max protect? And if they do, then that means the tight ends can't go out, uh, run routes. And then, you know, that also uh, limits the effectiveness of somebody like Colston Loveland, who is not a great blocker. And so that they would not necessarily deploy him as much either. And I think, you know, given what they were able to do with him last year in the Ohio State game uh, with Colston Loveland, they, they want to get him out. Uh, it's coming up party. Yeah, yeah, right. And so I think, you know, the fact is, is that if they have to keep the tight ends into block, that's not good news for Michigan. And so, uh, but they may, may very well have to do that uh, because, uh, you know, the offensive line, especially uh, on the edges, uh, looks pretty vulnerable. And so the, the two tackle spots, I mean, even Ladarius Henderson, I mean, this guy was, you know, he, he's gone back and forth between a guard and tackle throughout his college career, wasn't initially the starter uh, when the season began. Uh, you know, it, it's not like he's the answer necessarily either, even if he's healthy. I mean, they, they're weak at the tackle spot, and this is not the same offensive line that they've had the last couple of years. It's not. It's, it's interesting because <laughs> they're not running the ball through the interior of the line, which is sort of where their strength is, right? The guards in the center. Uh, and then on the pass pro, uh, they're getting beat when they are getting beat on the outside. So you can't run in the middle and you can't block from the outside on the pass. So it's like, that's sort of why I I can't think of a game. I mean, other than like, like a Michigan state or a, a Nebraska, just, I mean, but these last, these last couple of games that have mattered, uh, even going back to Purdue where they, where they moved the ball pretty well through the air, like they have not passed the ball and run the ball 
to perfect effect in any game, right? And and then as we talk about the pass game, certainly we'll get to the run game momentarily. Uh, good luck uh, moving the ball against this Ohio State uh, defense, right? Number one in yards per play, number one in pass yards per game, number one in passer rating against, number two in completion percentage. I mean, <laughs> you can't, you can't, they don't even allow, like, like the, the completion percentage is the one that did it for me, right? It's not the yards, it's not everything. You can't even check it down against these guys. Yeah, and that's the problem. I think that's what they're going to try to do. I think the defense is not going to do the, you know, the cover zero blitzes and leave no. it and leave guys out on the island, their corners, you know, whatsoever. So I think they're going to try to make Michigan go play by play down the field. And I don't know, you know, given what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, whether Michigan can do that. I mean, especially against Maryland in the second half, they got behind the chains a lot. And so there was a lot of third and long situations. And, and, and uh, you know, that that was a little bit uh, concerning if I if I were Michigan. <laughs> this is not new, Reiner. Yeah. I mean, I mean, all year right, they were right. touting uh, JJ McCarthy on third and seven, yeah. third and long. Yeah, how otherworldly he is! He's twenty-two of twenty-nine for three hundred and forty yards, four touchdowns. I'm like, but the problem is you're facing all these third and sevens, third and eight. Like these are not, <laughs> these are not the down and distances you want to be consistently in. Like you're just playing against the law of average. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's the one talking about Newton's theory, right? What goes yeah. up must come down. I mean, eventually water will find its level. Uh, and and you don't want to be in third and obvious situations again against anyone. Certainly against uh, against a defense uh, as solid as as Ohio State. And it, that was that was not new, right? It was just mm-hmm. when you're playing better teams, it's 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 even more game. And last week, I don't think Michigan had a, a touchdown drive of more than seventy yards, right? And so now some of their scoring drives were just shorter than that, but. Uh, Last year uh, against Ohio State, five touchdowns of 45 yards or more. I mean, it was all home runs. It was literally ex- almost exclusively home run plays. Colston Loveland, two to Cornelius Johnson, two to Donovan Edwards. Uh, those home run plays have not been there in the same type of way this year. Certainly not for Donovan Edwards. Uh, not for Cornelius Johnson either, for that matter. Uh, and so so you're right. It is uh, – I, I mean, I, th- I think Ohio State <laughs> – very obviously made a transition from last year to like this mental shift of, 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 or maybe they've just better understood a second year. I mean, you see the step that Michigan's taken in the second year under Jesse Minter. And that's really a third year in that system. This is the second year for Ohio state under Jim Knowles. And you see what that looks like. They always had elite talent and now people are questioning their heart. You saw how, how much that meant to Ryan day, earlier this year. I mean, just going berserk after, after that win against Notre Dame. So he's got like, remember how much hate and, and animosity and that, that upset feeling Michigan had for all those years. Like that's starting to fester in Columbus. Like Michigan yep. cannot underestimate because Ohio state didn't even get the 2020 game where they were going to stomp them, stomp Michigan into oblivion. Right. Ohio right. state has not won this game since 2019. They are mm-hmm. pissed, pissed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, I think that's a huge factor. I mean, again, uh, Ryan Day is really uh, very upset and, you know, seems to take it personally that, you know, again, people have questioned the toughness. Uh, I think, you know, Ohio State has shown that they're not the same, you know, finesse offensive team that they have been in the past. Of course, I don't think they can be with Kyle McCord. I don't, he's not the same level of player as like, you know, uh, you know, obviously CJ Stroud. Um you know, and, and such. I mean, so Dwayne Haskins, what have you. I mean, like, you know, they 
they haven't had the uh, uh, he, he's not he, he's just not at that level. And so I think they have had to win a you know different way, and it's been defense uh, a little bit more you know rugged style. But they I mean they still obviously have Marvin Harrison uh, on that side, and you know for for, for Michigan, yeah, and, and Ibuka and. Uh, over over Stover at tight end. Yes, I mean so it's like uh, it's it's still, Henderson yeah. is back but, in the back. Yeah, right, right. And I think you know he he could be a big factor. I mean, again, the run game has to get going for Ohio State. I don't think they want to put put it all on Kyle McCord here. And if they do, I mean, again, Michigan's got to bring pressure. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't been nearly as good when he's under pressure. And you know, it's not just blitzes. They need to get pressure from their front four, you know, or front three or what have you. Uh, and especially, you know, from the interior tackles uh, that have been creating issues for quarterbacks. I mean, Kenneth Graham, Macy Graham, Chris Jenkins, those guys have to have to get going and be able to create some, some issues from the interior. Well, I'd say just very quick quibble. I'd say they need to keep going those first two and, uh, and and some of the edge guys, right? Like Braden McGregor, uh, Chris right. Jenkins. I know you said Chris Jenkins. Like some of those, teams, they need to get going. Uh, Jalen Harrell has been pretty good. Derek Moore obviously just had a big moment. Uh, Josiah Stewart, they could use him on the edge, right? He was supposed right. to be a sack guy. They could use a little, a little more from Josiah uh, on, on one side as well. Um, and so, so, so the first key was sort of the health of the offense. The second key was Ohio State's defense. Uh, the third. Um, and it's not final. You could come up with a million, but for our purposes, final, uh, who makes the play, right? There is a different hero from these big games every single year. And last year, I think it set some wild expectations for Donovan Edwards. Um, Mikey Sainer still, uh, still, I think he would still say the fa- favorite play. He has a number of pick sixes. I, I believe he would say the favorite play of his career still is that pass breakup against Ohio State. Uh, at least when I sat down with him earlier this year, that was his favorite play. And so it's just, who's it going to be? It's not like, will it happen? It will happen. There will be a play. There will be a moment. There will be something that is talked about. Who Are, are you ready to plant a flag, Reiner, on who might make that play? Or do you want to just stay sort of vanilla milk toast and just be like, yeah, you know, like big plays, super important. I mean, I have no idea who would make the, the big play in this game. I mean, it could be uh, on either side. I mean, uh, again, I think – Give, give is, me give me one one from each team, the guy from each team, who you think it would be. I mean, I would think Marvin Harrison obviously is the key from yeah. from Ohio State, yes. I mean, but from from Michigan standpoint, uh, I think it might be – it might be a Roman Wilson. I think that guy steps up in in some big moments and has in the past. I mean, again, he, he, his coming out party last year was the TCU game, uh, and you know, uh, I, I think it, if it, if it is somebody, it might be might be somebody like a Roman Wilson that steps in steps up. Okay. How about you? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to start with Ohio State first. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, the linebacker. Uh, I mean, we, we didn't talk a lot about the run game. Uh, this is a game that is determined a lot, very frequently on the ground. Uh, he did not play last week. They were really trying to get him up to health. So just his ability to impact the game in the front seven. And also, J.J. was a little loose with the ball last week. He was locking on over the middle to uh, to, to his tight ends. If they're not, I mean, watch out for a pick. Watch out for an interception over the middle. I know that's very specific, but just he's a freak. He makes great plays. This is last night. And also, I also wanted to pick him because the the, the the Mike linebacker, sort of the counterpart, I mean, obviously you would think of the quarterback, 
but also I'm thinking of Michigan's running back, Blake Corum, mm-hmm. uh, has not had, I mean, he will go down as one of the two, three most historic running backs of all time in Michigan history in, in, in a few weeks uh, with Chris Perry, Mike Hart, very short list. He has not had his signature moment against Ohio State. He was injured last year. He was the backup in 21, uh, and he still ran for 87 yards on only six carries. Uh, and then the year before, there was no game. Uh, Blake Corum, as sort of the, one of the heartbeats of this team, uh, I'm going to look at his final box score and uh, see, see, what, see what he did. So those are our keys. Uh, I think we did a good job not giving away which way we're, we're, we're leaning with this game. It's because it is very tight. On the other side, we'll bring in Andrew Burkle uh, for all the picks and to get us caught up. I think it's a tight race in the picks. It's coming down to the wire. Uh, we'll, we'll pick four more games during rivalry week. Don't go anywhere. This is Hale Yes. We're back. Final segment. Uh, the real reason we sign on to do this podcast, obviously, the picks. Uh, Andrew, this is the final week of the regular season. We did. I guess we didn't discuss if we're if we're going into uh, in, into championship week into into the bowl season, but it's pr- it's pretty tight. I think. How are you doing? Uh, I'd say it's a very tight race. We are literally tied twenty two. 17 and four. All three of us are in a dead tie. So I uh, couldn't even make it up. Um, but I guess it's good. We're up five games over 500, right? So, I mean, that's not bad. It could be a lot worse. And I think it will probably depend as what we do for championship week is uh, might depend on how this week goes, right? If we're all tied. We can use it as a tiebreaker. That feels that that feels fair. And then also, I'd like to add that next year and we'll, we'll still do the picks. But I do think it's 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 a clean slate. It's kind of this kind of wraps up the regular season. So this is kind of the final final week. Uh, but we'll still do picks for fun. Um, but uh, next year, just very quickly, I'd, I'd like to add in over unders as an option. Right? Not all books have every option, <laughs> part, like player props and things. But um, I mean, because it's real. Some of these are very hard to pick a side on the number. The number is really good for a reason. But I have a lean, a, a, a better lean. Towards the over/under, that's my my selfish thought for the day. Uh, so are you are you thinking because of the uh, Iowa Nebraska game this week, twenty six and that, a half over/under? <laughs> that was that that is one of the thoughts that got me. This is Iowa has now set the over/under low three times. I don't know if this is a new fourth record, um, but three times this year, Iowa has been in a game with the historically lowest over/under ever set. All three games went under. I mean, that's why we play. That's why. And I mean, that's gold. And yet, what are they? Nine and two now, right? I think yeah. they won last they, week, right? Again, nine they, and two. They, they, licking their chops at uh, at Michigan and Ohio State, right? Who, who Who's going to get to see the Hawkeyes in the title game? Uh, I know. It's, it's insane. Uh, it's going to be college football. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's ugly. It's, it's all, all things college football, you know? So let's get to these picks. And honestly, we haven't even talked about this. So I guess we'll just do this live here. Do we want to end with Michigan and Ohio State as the big cherry on top of our picks? Or do we want to just start with it right off the bat? What do you guys think? Let's end with it. Let's end with it. Okay. Let's I agree. Make, I think, make I think everyone stay. Make everyone stay. Otherwise, no one's going to stick, stick around to hear what we have to say anyway. So let's start, let's start with Texas Tech and Texas playing on Friday. Uh, Texas is a 12 and a half point favorite. Uh, 
I can't remember the status. I haven't looked up the status as far as if they've had this schedule down the road now that Texas is leaving for the SEC. But either way, uh, surely some bad blood here. So, Reiner, who do you got, Texas or Texas Tech? Uh, Texas, I'm going to go with because, uh, you know, the uh, – no, uh, assume, excuse me, uh, I think I messed that up. I, Texas Tech, I'm going to go because of Jonathan Brooks being uh, injured or, uh, you know, and out for the game. And also – Quinn Ewers has been really inconsistent this year. Uh, there was a lot of talk, I think, after the Alabama game. Where he was very high about uh, – or NFL scouts were very high about his uh, uh, his potential for the NFL draft. I think that's cooled right now. People are having second thoughts about that. So, I mean, it, it's just indicative of a very uh, up-and-down kind of quarterback. And now with, with the running game not necessarily being there – I'm not so convinced. And, you know, I, I think the, you know, again, Texas Tech, I mean, Joey McGuire has been able to kind of sometimes pull a rabbit out of his hat every now and again. So uh, I think he'll have his team, especially up for Texas. I mean, that, you know, everybody in Texas that's not Texas wants to take down Texas. And so it's, uh, it's one of those games that I have a feeling that, you know, Texas Tech is going to come with their A game. And I don't know if Texas will come with their A game themselves. Yeah, this doesn't even feel like pulling a rabbit out of a hat to me with this type of number, 12 and a half. Like, let's, let's just take a look at a big picture, right? So Texas looking forward to the Big 12 title game, so they think. Uh, looking forward to the SEC next year. Still got an outside shot at the college football playoff should things break right, should they win out. Uh, and so they're already they're already looking forward. Um, and then you look at Texas Tech's record, six and five, right? It's not too good, but you need it needs to be like sort of taken big picture just for a moment. They lost uh, that opening week, which feels like forever ago at Wyoming. And then they come back home uh, and, and can't get it got done against Oregon. Now we all see how good Oregon is. And Wyoming is not a bad team. Playing in Laramie is tough. It was just the wrong night. They were on the wrong side of the upset. They lose to West Virginia later. They're one and three since then, since Big 12 play. Five and two in their last seven. They've won three three in a row. I guess I guess one of them was against UCF, but UCF is a good team. I mean, they beat Kansas, they beat UCF, they beat TCU. They're uh, I mean, they've won three in a row. They've won five of seven. Uh, Tyler Shaw, their their quarterback, was hurt early, and they still rallied and stayed together. Uh, this this was a is a is a decent team that put together a decent year that could have folded when they were one and three. And Texas hasn't looked good for weeks. And you're giving me almost two touchdowns. Hook them. Is that what they say? No, that's the wrong one. Red Raiders. What do they say? Not hook them. The opposite of hook them. Horns up. Guns up. Guns up. Guns up. Guns up. Horns down. Guns up. What's wait? Is what's Oklahoma State? Aren't aren't they also gun related? They. I, I always get the two confused. They do. One of them does it with one finger, I believe. And one of them does it with two fingers. I'm not making that up. It's no, I, I think you're right too. Red Raiders, but uh, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll get the stat we'll get the stats team on that. Uh, yes, Andrew, please. While, while you while you look, Oklahoma State. Ahead, Oklahoma State is pistols firing. The That's double their, pistols? No, it's pistols firing. That's their gesture. The uh, Texas Tech is guns up, and and, okay. and you have to you have to understand any any team in that region has a hand gesture. It's like uh, you literally, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They love we, yeah. even TCU with their little, uh, their yeah. little the horn frog. thing. Yeah. 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 SMU, has one. SMU has one, uh, you know, Texas, of course. I mean, What's SMU? 
Uh, I forget. It's like ponies. It's some about yeah, ponies. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like this. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. this is great audio yeah. content right now, guys. This yeah. we literally make hand signals on on a yeah. podcast, but don't forget. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll, what we'll put it on YouTube. Yeah. Bad radio. Yeah. Bad radio. I said use this pony up. Yeah. That's their. That's their one. Yeah. Okay, Andrew, who's your pick? Anyways, yes, I'm also going Texas Tech. I mean, three straight wins for Texas Tech including uh, a close game against Tech, uh, Kansas there. Uh, they've they've won a couple uh, really close ones here. Like last week, one-point win over UCF. And then you have Texas in the ultimate look-ahead spot, um, a team who has kind of been shaky here for for, for a while now. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Texas Tech for all the same reasons that you guys said and you guys laid it out. I mean, it's, it just feels like a classic setup game. And I'm getting 12 and a half. I mean, that, that's just... That's just um, too easy for me on that one. So uh, a lot of big spreads this week. Michigan and Ohio State is one of the few that is not a high spread. Um, Oregon State at Oregon, uh, 14-point underdog. Uh, Oregon State nearly beat Washington last week. Um, so now Washington um, beat Oregon earlier this year. Uh, it seems, seems that the general consensus uh, amongst college football fans is that Oregon is the better team than Washington. Uh, this is a good chance for them to prove it here. Who are you guys taking? Well, I don't know if this would really prove it, right? Because I mean, Oregon's playing Oregon State. Uh, I think next week, if they got a chance to go at it again in the in the Pac-12 title game, uh, then they, maybe they could prove it then. Uh, which is exactly why I think Oregon's going to be thinking about that a little bit. And Oregon, let's think about this: Oregon going to the Big Ten next year, everything still to play for. The the probably, I mean, I mean the 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 bigger the bigger brand of the two schools, obviously. Uh, the, the forgotten, I'm sure they probably have a similar little brother type phrase or whatever they say, just the forgotten other school in little Corvallis, right? And uh, the Jonathan Smith, uh, and, and it's easy, the, the head coach of the Beavers, it's easy to, they just lost a, a deflating game against Washington. How can you respond? Uh, because Jonathan Smith is the real deal. And this is a tough-nosed Oregon State team. I am doubling down. I don't mind that I lost my... We were talking pre-show. There's there are good losses and bad losses. That was a fine loss on a bet uh, from my from my mind. I thought Oregon State played very well. A couple unfortunate turnovers. Uh, and 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 what are you going to do? Fourteen points is a lot in 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 a rivalry game, especially when they, when they feel like they are not that far behind Oregon. Right? They 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 think of themselves and they th- I mean they they've beaten top fifteen teams this year. And uh, they just went toe to toe with Washington, and uh, a couple touchdowns uh, in the last time these two are meeting. Give me the Beavers. It's a, it's a, I mean, you laid it out. You had good rationale for your pick. I think, on the other hand, I, the games in Eugene and at home, uh, Oregon has averaged fifty-two and a half points per game. I don't know if uh, Oregon State can keep uh, up with the. Uh, with the Ducks and I, the Ducks have such a good defense uh, too. Um, and I think they have a much more or a stronger case to be able to stop Oregon state than Oregon state has to stop Oregon. So I'm going to pick Oregon in this one. And, you know, I think the 14 points is uh, you know, they'll cover that. A couple thoughts about this game. Um, first of all, it, I mean, we, we don't debate the Heisman like we used to debate the Heisman. I feel like as, as a college football and sports, you know, universe here, like now it's like NBA MVP is kind of taking the place of like, oh, who's going to win the Heisman? Who's going to win the Heisman? Uh, NFL MVP, people love talking about. Uh, so Heisman's not as big of a d- debate as it used to be. 
but this feels like a real chance for Bo Nix to to put a bow on it, no pun intended, uh, against Oregon yeah. State here. Uh, <laughs> you like what I did there, Tony? And yeah, uh, then you know, for they're like you said, they got they they need to they have a lot to improve to approve here as as they you know because they already lost to Washington. So when they play them again, there still could be some hair splitting uh, down the edge here. And the college football playoff is man, is it is it setting up to be a tough choice here? If Alabama beats Georgia. Okay, both SEC teams have one loss. Michigan and Ohio State, one of those teams will be in. You have to figure one or possibly two of the SEC teams would have a good case. You have Texas is flirting there. You have Washington or Oregon, whoever wins that game. Uh, I, I mean, there's just a plus Florida State. Florida State. Uh, who, who has lost Jordan Travis is now 12 and 0. The college football playoff has made it very clear that they want to have the four best teams in there. Are they going to put in a backup quarterback? You know, I, I just think that these games are are going to matter because it is going to be splitting hairs. So I'm going to take Oregon uh, in, in a blowout effort here over Oregon State. Yeah, just to add to the home differential, Oregon's outscoring teams at home on average is it's, the average score is 53 to 16. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so you know, it just that, that's a tough place to play, Austin Stadium, and. Uh, you know, again, it, it is a rivalry game, so that it, you know it's going to be tightly contested probably initially. But I just, I just think Oregon ultimately overwhelms them. But I, I like Oregon as one of the top four teams in the country. Uh, yeah. I'm, I like them more than even more than it's a complete team. It's a complete team. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No. It, it it is. And so I, I I didn't just easily pick it, right? Yeah, but, right yeah. but I but I but I like I like that formula. I, I I'm very comfortable with running and defense. That travels. Mm-hmm. That travels, especially when it gets two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Real quickly, one word answer: yes or no. Danny Lanning, Texas A and M. No, no, he already basically said he's not leaving. So I, I, I don't think he will. I it's think, easy I to mean, say it though, right? You know, but he's got it good. I mean, again, it's like uh, why would you? you know, why would you take a step down? Yeah. Yeah, Oregon. I, mean, I, I would. I, I would. Oregon's a better everything. I, I, mean, I agree, but Texas A&M. I, I, would, I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't want to touch Texas A&M with a ten foot pole. Who? Ha, yeah. I mean, who has higher expectations and underachieves more than Texas A&M? It's, yeah. it's a horrible. It's, it's a, a horrible booby trap of it. And you want to go live in college station? Have fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think mean, he's got a better setup. With the Nike money at Oregon, and then also they're going into the Big Ten. Yeah, uh, you know, they're going to be they're going to be relevant for for quite a while. And you know, he's got he's got a good thing going there. I don't think he wants to up and leave for um, you know uh, to Texas A and M. And I I think he I mean actually one of his right hand men there worked at Texas A and M, so he could give him the lowdown on that. And I have a feeling he left A and M for Oregon, so. Uh, I mean, he'll be able to get a good grip uh, understanding on that particular job, and I I don't see him going there at all. Yeah, I, I think he I think he sticks at Oregon, and he should. That was a great that was a great one word answer, Rainer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all right, let's take a look at the Alabama Auburn game here. Uh, not as competitive as it may be in normal years um, between these two. Auburn's kind of uh, downtrodden right now. Um, so 14 and a half point favorites, uh, Alabama is, uh, Reiner used to cover Alabama as everyone on this show knows, um, <laughs> constant references from all of us. Honestly, honestly, we, we mentioned it more than Reiner, Tony. We really do. <laughs> so we give him a hard time, but Reiner, we'll start with you here. 
Well, I mean, it, it, looking at this game, uh, you know, Alabama's really right the ship after the, uh, you know, the Texas game, as I've kept talking about anytime this game, you know, Alabama comes up in our picks. Uh, but they really have. I mean, they've gotten the, the offense going. The defense looks solid, so much more solid than they did a year ago. And, uh, you know, I've, in some ways, Jordan Hare, Jordan Hare has been a house of horrors for Alabama at times. I mean, they've had some, you know, really crushing losses there. But this Hugh Freeze team is just not up to up to par with with Alabama. They the offense is just not good enough, and the way Alabama's defense is playing, especially their pass defense. I mean, they've got some real guys back there with Terry and Arnold, um, you know, and uh, you know Jalen Key and some of those guys uh, on the back end, and uh, it, it just looks like it's not going to go well for for Auburn. Uh, on this day so I'm going with Alabama here I know it's again usually I wouldn't go do this especially against the Hugh Freeze team you know Hugh Freeze has given Saban Fitz back at Ole Miss uh, usually comes up with something to scheme them out but I just don't think Auburn has the players on offense to be able to uh, create any kind of issues for Alabama and I think Alabama's offense is good enough to just kind of blow them off the field right Um, I mean I just I, I'm kind of having a pattern here, right? Texas Tech, 12 and a half. I like the points at Texas. Give me that. Oregon State, 14 points at Oregon. Give me that. Uh, Auburn at home, getting the most points. Uh, still want nothing to do with it, right? It's not just a point thing. It's also a scheme thing. Ha, you thought I was going to go with Auburn, didn't you? No. Um, they, they can't move the ball. And so even though the over-under is at like 42 or so, which would imply, and with a 14-point spread, which implies – that it's going to be somewhere around a 28-14 game. So they just need to score two touchdowns. Uh, I don't think they're scoring two touchdowns. Uh, Auburn looks broken uh, They and just has not moved the ball at all. Alabama, as you laid out, uh, just continuing to ascend. Uh, and this is the perfect – there's no look ahead to Georgia, right? You got to go beat the snot out of your rival, and then you get to go play Georgia. So no trap game, no, no nothing, just a better team taking it to, to their rival, like we saw happen in the state earlier this year. I made a, made a mistake. I meant to not say Jalen Key. Caleb Downs is the guy that, you know, it, it could be a huge difference maker on the defensive side for them, uh, uh, the DB. I mean, he's he's been involved in a lot of plays. He's their leading tackler. And also, the, as a safety, he's also had a, had a big impact as far as interceptions and such. So, I mean, he he's, something, he's somebody that Peyton Thorne's going to really have to – be mindful of going forward. So, uh, sorry about that. Uh, inexcusable. Uh, yeah. one week suspension. Yeah. 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 Can you get, can you get your Alabama secondary, uh, name yeah. straight? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that Jalen key popped in my head. <laughs> no, <we're kidding. laughs> yeah. Uh, Alabama's offense been absolutely rolling these last few weeks. You, you know, they've been playing uh, kind of a different style that less, a little less open than they were a few years ago. Um, but, 49 against Kentucky, uh, 42 in that fun game against uh, LSU a couple weeks ago, um, and then 66 against Chattanooga, which doesn't really mean that much, but even 34 against Tennessee. So uh, I just, if, if they score anywhere near those point totals, I just don't think Auburn can keep up with them uh, on, on that side of the ball. So, uh, all, like you guys said, uh, it's just going to be too much for Auburn. Uh, and then looking back on the history of the, of the last few years of games here, uh, Auburn has their most recent wins are 2019, 2017. And both those years, Auburn had a pretty good team. So uh, Auburn seems to play uh, be competitive in this game if they have a, a good squad. Um, uh, but 
It, it's just like I just don't think that they're, they're they're up to par this year. And this is one of the worst Auburn teams in a, in a while, I think, offensively at least. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going with Alabama as well. All right. It's that time. All right. Final game here, as you guys have all been waiting for now. Tony was saying before the podcast he didn't even he, – he didn't even realize he had to make a pick by today. He wanted to punt the, the can down the road as far as possible. So this is why I'm talking about sure. an over-under. This is a perfect over-under spot. I'm not. <laughs> oh, come on. You just... can't back out of picking this game. That'd be so <laughs> I'm not. Lame. I'm not. I'm not. I won't. So, of course, I'm going to put you on the spot first, Tony. Ohio State, Michigan, three and a half point spread. Who are you taking? <sighs> so, Michigan not playing its best ball as of late. Questions on the offensive line. Questions at receiver, not running the ball all that well, uh, getting intermittent uh, pressure on the quarterback defensively. Yes, been stout all year de- on defense uh, until last week, the pass game. Uh, and it was not, they were not just picking on Josh Wallace. Will Johnson was had. Uh, Mikey Sanderstell, who was playing at an All American level, has been had for some big plays as well. All three of them are going to have some tough, tough matchups with Abuka and Stover and, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, these are This is not a game where Michigan just goes out and has a talent advantage. And they cert- and um, down Jim Harbaugh, down a linebacker's coach, uh, they have a lot of good coaching. They have a lot of great coaches and a lot of continuity. But it's hard to say they have a, a coaching edge right now either. Um, just not that Ryan Day's proven it in a big game. But Sharon Moore has never been in this moment, right? And, uh, and and you might not think that matters. It does. It does. Uh, and so there is a ton going against Michigan right now. However, sometimes you just win. And Michigan has continued to do that. They have not looked bad. Uh, or they have not looked great, excuse me. But they come up with the timely plays. There were seven of them last week by the defense and the special teams. Two Mikey Sanders still picks, a Kenneth Grant sack, a Mason Graham sack, a punt that's downed at the one, a blocked punt, on and on and on it goes. They have enough playmakers. They're at home. They got the edge. And I think in overtime, Michigan wins by a touchdown. They get the ball first. They score a touchdown. Sack in overtime. I don't know who gets it. Maybe Jalen Harrell. Uh, Sack in overtime. Puts Ohio State behind the sticks. And Michigan wins. And that's how they cover the hook. I was really worried about that hook, about that three and a half. Um, so overtime win for Michigan. How's that for stressful? You uh, laid it out pretty well uh, for, for your case. I mean, my case isn't exactly uh, based on anything other than the fact that I picked Ohio State the previous two years and Michigan made me look foolish. So I'm picking Michigan this time because, well, you know, um, <laughs> I, meant, I meant to say that too. In thirty yeah. in thirty picks, I picked against Michigan once, and I'm zero and one. So yeah. that was dumb. In <laughs> twenty nine yeah. and one picking or whatever. So yeah, no, and, and and in general, I mean, I think you know, there's some uh, some questions about Kyle McCord in this game, and uh, you know whether he'll he'll step up in the moment. Uh, you know, he did at the end of the Notre Dame game, certainly uh, driving them down the field at the last basically in the last seconds and getting them the, the touchdown that won the game. But, um, you know, uh, at, at the same time, this is a whole different ball game. I mean, it just really is. And so uh, I think I think Michigan can do enough to, to rattle him and create some issues. And so I think they win a close one, but it's, uh, it's uh, you know, enough 
that they they'll cover the spread in this in this case. This one, I, I mean, I went back and forth on it like you guys did. Um, it, there's so many reasons this game feels huge. First of all, there hasn't been that many huge games this year in college football as far as like top five matchups. It feels like this has been a uh, a year where there just hasn't been a, a ton of games. I mean, there was the Washington Oregon game, uh, LSU Florida State earlier this year. So this game is like, I mean, this is it. With that said, Ohio State. It feels like Ryan Day has knows how to push the buttons on this team, um, and he, he he's really got them fired up. and And you can tell just by his tone from the start of this season that he did not like the way last year went down. Uh, and and you know for good reason. His team got punched in the mouth and in their own stadium. I don't think that that just uh, goes without anything happening in the next year. So I'm going with Ohio State. They have plenty of weapons, like you guys have pointed out, um, and and even Maryland was able to get get some some decent plays and get the ball moving last week. Uh, I think we all agree that Ohio State is is significantly better than than Maryland and their defense. I mean, like yes, their offense is probably the most scary offense Michigan has played this year. That's not a tough competition necessarily, but their defense is right there with Michigan and almost all the statistical categories. So uh, I'm just going to, you know, first of all, you guys both pick Michigan, so it's an easy one to pick Ohio State uh, just to to be different here as well, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm going with the Buckeyes, and I, I think they I think they pull it off uh, without minus Jim Harbaugh uh, with all this other stuff going on here. I mean, I just think that this might be Ohio State's year. Well, that makes sense as well. Uh, and uh, the place to stay tuned to all that coverage is Creep.com. Uh, we will have uh, we will be all over uh, this Michigan Ohio State game. Myself, Reiner, Jeff. Uh, Sean Windsor, Carlos may be on hand, so uh, there will be no shortage uh, of content. Uh, As we record this on Wednesday, just before Thanksgiving, I'm not yet sure when this will get released. Um, So if you haven't had Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. If you just did, I hope you enjoy it or enjoyed it with uh, with your family and friends and that you are ready for a kickoff that is just around the corner. Reiner, Andrew, uh, be well. Thanks to both of you. And as always, uh, thanks to our editor-in-chief, Nicole Avery-Nichols, our executive editor, Anjanette Delgado, our sports editor, Kirkland Crawford, our audio engineer, Robin Chan, as well. So for Andrew, for Reiner, I'm Tony. This is that week. Enjoy it, everyone. Be safe. And uh, we'll be talking about something when we come back next week. This is Hail Yes. Hail Yes.